Broadcasting live from the North Fulton Business Radio X studio, it's time for To Your Health with Dr. Jim Morrow. To Your Health is brought to you by Morrow Family Medicine, an award-winning primary care practice, which brings the care back to health care. Hello and welcome to episode 63 of To Your Health with Dr. Jim Morrow. I am Jim Morrow, a family doctor here in North Georgia. Uh, we have offices in Cumming and Milton, Georgia ourselves, but as part of Village MD, we've got offices all over the metro Atlanta area and all over the country, as a matter of fact. So today's kind of vaccine day. Uh, we're going to talk a lot about vaccines and I wanted to have an elderly person on the show with me today to talk about vaccines. So I've got my producer there, John Ray, in his fancy little studio there at Renaissance Bank on Wimber Parkway. How you doing, John? I'm good. I'm just delighted to serve. You're, you're glad to be called elderly when you're five years younger than I am? Uh, yeah, you're talking to me like I'm <laughs> like you're my you know, twenty year old son. So That's right. That's right. I feel like it sometimes, and that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Um, Usually when I'm asleep, that's when I feel that good. Um, Yeah, John, we're going to talk about vaccines today. Vaccines are something that I'm talking about more than ever anymore, and not just this COVID vaccine, but I was telling some of my staff earlier, you know, every room I walk in, somebody says, wow, you're really busy, aren't you? (laughs) Well, not that. It's just that every visit is two visits. you got to take care of the problem they came for, then you have to talk about vaccines. So um, we're going to talk about vaccines today. I'm going to start, as I have many, many times, with a COVID-19 update. And the update today is about booster vaccines. And if you needed the COVID vaccine to begin with, which you did and do, you need a booster. There's no sense in getting the COVID vaccine, having it peter out after six or seven months and not get a booster so that you can maintain that uh, protection that you really do need. Uh, you needed it then, you need it now. So please, if you did get a COVID vaccine, get out and get a booster. The third dose of the COVID vaccine is in some cases identical to the first dose. In some cases, it's not. It's not. Moderna came out originally saying that they were going to have a full dose as a booster and the FDA approved a half a dose, which is good because that just makes more vaccine available for more people. But it's still out there and it is available. And you need to speak to your pharmacist if that's where you're getting the vaccine, your physician if that's where you're getting it or if that's where you are, and talk to them about getting that because you need to go ahead and do that if it's been the right amount of time. And for Pfizer and Moderna, it looks like it's six months after your second dose. And for J&J, it's as early as two months. Um, So people who can get a third dose of the vaccine are... And and this is a moving target, I got to tell you. This is going to change some as time passes. But if you are receiving cancer treatment, if you are an organ transplant patient, if you've had a stem cell transplant, you are automatically a candidate for a booster. If you've been diagnosed with HIV and you have a high viral load or a low, what's called CD4 count, if you have HIV, you know what that is, it's a blood cell, then you're a candidate. If you're not currently taking medication to treat HIV, and that makes a difference, so you be careful about that. If you're taking drugs like high-dose steroids, sometimes people are in other medications that might suppress your immune system. You want to talk to your physician about whether or not you should get the vaccine in the first place or certainly a booster. If you're in doubt, ask your doctor. 
that's always a smart move. That's always a smart move. So the, the recommendation on Moderna and Pfizer is that if you fit into these categories, you can get a, a booster as early as 28 days after the second dose. So if you think about it, if you're basically sick with an immunocompromising disease, you don't have to wait the full six months. You can get a booster early. And the data shows that that's a good way to keep yourself protected. Now, the, the booster is necessary because the peop, certain people, and, and really most people, their antibody levels are falling. And if they're at risk, they're falling early enough that they need a booster on these schedules. So if you're not sure, just ask your doctor. And it's amazing, even if you're not yet the age of 65, which is one of the main criteria for getting it at six months, you'd be surprised how many people under 65 have some underlying medical condition and autoimmune condition, heart disease, uh, high blood pressure, taking certain medications and so forth. They're at high risk because of their jobs. They might be a healthcare worker, teacher. They might work in a prison or be in a prison. And so that would make them eligible for a booster. So a lot of people ask me if I'm getting a booster, do I get the same one I had before? I'd like to branch out and get a different one. And I've known people that did that, but there's no evidence that that's really a, a great thing to do. So my recommendation personally is that if you started with Pfizer and continue with Pfizer and so forth, uh, you don't have to do it, though, uh, although I think it is a good idea. The Johnson & Johnson vaccine booster was approved very recently. It's actually after I prepared for this podcast, which wasn't long ago. And um, it looks like the FDA has pro- approved them to get their booster two months after the original Johnson & Johnson vaccine. So that's a little bit of a COVID booster update. John, your head spinning on that? Yep. <laughs> yep it's uh it's spinning and um i've got a question on it but i'll save it till the end okay all right so the other thing i want to talk about today is the shingles vaccine shingles vaccine is something that we also talk about a lot in the exam room because it's it's something that anybody who's eligible really really ought to get and if you aren't sure if you want to get the shingles vaccine Talk to 10 or 12 of your friends. One of them's probably had shingles and can give you a good description of what it is like. And I think that probably would encourage you to get the vaccine. So let's start off with who needs it. Um, it, Healthy adults, 50 years and older, should get this Shingrix, it's called, vaccine. It's two shots, starts on day zero, and then again, two to six months later. So it's two vaccines separated by two to six months. You should get the Shingrix vaccine, even if you've already had shingles, because you can get the shingles a hundred times and it might be mild once and terrible once. And you can't have a mild case of shingles and say, oh, good, I don't need the vaccine. It's not how it works. If you've had shingles, you should still get the vaccine. If you had the original shingles vaccine, which people didn't give anymore after about 2015, I think it's called Zostavax. I had that one. And even if you had that one, you should get the new shingles vaccine. The Zostavax turned out not to be uh, as effective or as permanent as we thought it would be. So uh, they're not using that one anymore. And this new Shingrix is much better. 
You should also get Shingrix if you are not sure if you have chickenpox. Now, we make an assumption in medicine that if you're my age or John's age, actually, if you're born probably after about 1950, 50 or 55, you've had chickenpox. When I was a kid, somebody down the street would get chickenpox. If it was summertime and you weren't in school, parents would send everybody to their house to play so that those kids would also get chickenpox because it was 10 days or so out of school if you got chickenpox. And if it was summertime, it was a lot easier on everybody. So they would have chickenpox parties. You'd be on the 11 o'clock news if you did that now, but that's what people would do at the time. There's no maximum age. So it doesn't matter how old you are. If you're over 50, it doesn't matter how old you are. You still should get this vaccine if you've never had the vaccine. Now, I mentioned if you've had shingles in the past, you should get the vaccine. And that's because it can do wonders for helping to prevent future occurrences. And there's really no length of time you need to wait after having shingles that you get the vaccine. I actually had that discussion this morning. I told somebody, as soon as this rash feels better, go get a vaccine. You just want to make sure the rash is gone before you get vaccinated. I mentioned chickenpox, and even if you're not sure whether or not you had it, you should go get this vaccine. The studies have shown that more than 99% of Americans 40 years and older, so it goes back uh, not quite as far as I said, have had chickenpox in the past. And most people, not most people, a lot of people that had chickenpox don't know they had it because they had such a very mild case. But then they show up with shingles and they're all confused. Get the vaccine. Most people who get the shingles vaccine do end up getting it at the pharmacy. Uh, that's perfectly fine. It's a great way to do it. But if you have questions or concerns about it, talk to your doctor. We go back to that all the time. Talk to your doctor. Now, there are people that should not get the shingles vaccine. It's not meant for everybody. It's not perfect for everybody. So if you've ever had a serious allergic reaction to any of the components in the vaccine or after your first dose of shingles, don't get any more. Don't get the vaccine. I think the chance of that's pretty slim, but it is possible. If you have tested negative for the varicella zoster virus, that's the virus that causes chickenpox. Now, if it turns out you're that unusual person that never had chickenpox and has not had a chickenpox vaccine, then if you test negative for that virus, you should get the chickenpox vaccine, not the shingles vaccine. And that way you still won't get shingles because you'll never get chickenpox. See how that works. you got to have chickenpox first in order to get shingles. And this podcast is not about shingles per se, but let me get into that a minute. The way you end up with shingles when you're 60 is that when you're 10, you get chickenpox. Okay, and regardless how good or bad it is, how mild or how severe it is, you get chickenpox. And when you get over the chickenpox infection, the virus does not leave your body. The virus stays in your body and lives in your spinal cord. And at some point later in life, at any point later in life, it can become active again and cause a new infection. And it does that because it can. And things that will, the biggest thing that will let it do it is if you get stressed, if you get immunocompromised, you get run down, if you get sick otherwise, if your immune system's fighting something off over here on the left side and all of a sudden something on the right side comes active, that's a good way to get this. So you can get it anytime after having chickenpox, but you have to have chickenpox first. So if you test negative for the chickenpox virus, which is easy to do in any doctor's office, 
then you should get the chicken pox vaccine. And by doing that, you'll prevent it and shingles. So if you're pregnant or breastfeeding, you should wait to get shingles. And if you have a minor acute illness, an illness that starts suddenly like a cold or something, you're good to get shingles. But if you have a, what would be a moderate or more severe acute illness, you should wait until you recover. And this includes any infection that has a temperature of 101 or higher, let's say. So if you feel bad and you've got a little runny nose and congestion, get the vaccine. Don't let that stop you because there's a possibility you'll never go back and do it again. And you really want to get this vaccine. If you do get side effects, they're going to be temporary. They don't last more than two or three days. And if you experience pain for a few days after getting shingrix, it'll be remarkably less severe than having shingles and the complications from shingles. So I want to take a minute to talk about Village Medical. Uh, if you've followed Mara Family Medicine over the last 10 years, you know that that we've prided ourselves on providing quality care to people when they need it. We said from the very start, we were bringing care back to health care, and we are still doing that only in a much broader and, in my opinion, better way uh, by joining with Village Medical. Uh, we have started the process now of changing the marketing and everything. You're going to see more signs that say Village Medical in our practices, more of the communications from us will say Village Medical instead of more family medicine. They're going to change the sign on the buildings uh, here pretty soon and so forth. So we're making this full conversion. And I'm happy to talk to anyone, anytime about the whys and wherefores of doing this and what's good and bad about it. Uh, I haven't found a great deal bad about it, especially for our patients. Uh, what it's done for our patients mainly is to add services that we as an individual primary care practice would have never been able to provide without the benefit of a large corporation like Village Medical. So I'm very excited about that. Um, I think it's going to be a really good thing for our patients and the people in North Georgia. I'm looking forward to them expanding more here in North Georgia. Uh, I think it's a really good thing. So back to the shingles vaccine, the shingles vaccine. If you look at how well this thing works, it's really remarkable. Two doses of this vaccine provides very strong protection against shingles and also what's called post-herpetic neuralgia. That sounds like a big fancy word, and I guess it is. But what that means is the shingles rash hurts. When the shingles rash heals and the rash really looks like somebody hits you with a bunch of cigarettes and burns you, or I've seen it where it looked like a blowtorch on the chest and it can just be horrible. And it may be nothing but a painful strip of skin, but it can just be absolutely horrible. But when that rash heals, you can be left with the nerve pain long-term. And that nerve pain is post-herpetic or post-herpes zoster, post-herpetic neuralgia. And neuralgia, of course, means nerve pain. That's the most common complication of shingles. And in people 50 to 69 that got two doses of this vaccine, it was 97% effective at preventing the rash completely. And among 70-year-olds and older, it was 91%. And the older you are when you get the vaccine, the slightly less likely it is to prevent it. But even the worst cases, it prevents it 85% of the time. And by preventing that, you prevent post-herpetic neuralgia. And I tell you, some of the most miserable patients I've ever seen had shingles years ago and continued to have this painful strip of skin, this painful area, wherever it might be. And, and it, it's absolutely miserable. 
It's just miserable. Uh, and it's ongoing. It's it's unrelenting. There, there's just no great way to describe it, except it's just absolutely horrible. Now, like anything you put in your body, there are possible side effects from the shingles vaccine. I had a patient in this week who said that she wasn't getting the COVID vaccine because she knew somebody who, right before he had retired, got the COVID vaccine. And he retired two weeks later and a month later was diagnosed with kidney cancer. And she was convinced that the COVID vaccine woke up that kidney cancer and made it be a problem. And I leaned over right close to her. I said, Mary, you don't really believe that. You, you, don't, you don't really believe that. She said, yeah, I think it's logical. And I said, you know, that's a big part of the problem with people's understanding or lack thereof of the COVID vaccine and about COVID in general. They're looking for logical and we're looking for scientific and there's a big, big difference. So your vaccines are not going to wake up your cancer. It doesn't work that way. But they can give you some things. I mean, the studies show that shingles vaccine is safe. It helps your body create a strong defense against shingles. That's the whole purpose. But as a result, anytime you generate immunity, you might not feel great and you might not feel great for a couple of three days. That's all. And most people that had anything got a sore arm with some mild or moderate pain after getting the shingles vaccine. You know, pain's a very nebulous thing anyway. You know, if you have a pain, you might say it's a scale of 10 and somebody else had the same pain. They might say that's about a four. And it's just impossible to know. But I've never known but one person in my life who admitted that they had a low pain tolerance. And that's my wife. And she'll tell you straight up, I have a low pain tolerance. And everybody else, oh, I got a high pain tolerance. Well, maybe you do, maybe you don't. We don't know. But some people get redness and swelling where they get the shot. And to me, that means you're generating good immunity. That means there's a good possibility you're not going to have to deal with shingles. But people get fatigued because you, it is like having a viral infection. They get fatigue, muscle pain, headaches, sometimes some chilling and shivering and that kind of thing, a little bit of nausea, but nothing bad. One out of six people who got the shingles vaccine in these studies experienced side effects that prevented them from doing their regular activities. But the symptoms went away on their own in two to three days. So if you get a vaccine and a month later you develop something, it's not from the vaccine. One interesting thing to me is that when you looked at the side effects from the vaccine, they were more common in younger people. And I'm not going to get into why I think that is, but I'm not shocked by that, I have to say. So if you do have side effects, you can take over-the-counter medicines like Advil or ibuprofen or Tylenol or acetaminophen. They're all the same stuff. Uh, Those Advil is not Advil, ibuprofen, Tylenol is acetaminophen, but you can take that. And if there's one reason you can't take Advil, you can take Tylenol and vice versa. But you can take those for these side effects. It's absolutely fine. And there is a a federal reporting system for vaccine adverse events. It's the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System. And your doctor might file this report if you go see them, or you can do that yourself. I'll give you the phone number. You can call 800-822-7967. And that's the adverse event reporting system. You can report what happened to you right there if you want to. And it'll go into this huge database and they use that data to try to be sure these things are safe and effective and be sure people are not having a lot of problems from it. One important thing to to bring up, especially people with any age on them, is the shingles vaccine does not contain thimerosal, 
which is a conser- preservative that contains mercury that's not used in vaccines anymore. And that's probably no said about that. If I say anything else about that, I got to do a whole nother podcast on vaccines and thimerosal. So if you get any side effects that are what you consider serious, if you get hives, if you get allergic type symptoms, swelling of the face and throat and that kind of thing, fast heartbeat, dizziness, weakness, see a medical professional. Don't ever hesitate. If you're at home and those symptoms start happening, call 911. I, I tell people every day, very few people ever go to the pearly gates and say to St. Peter, gee, I wish I hadn't called 911. But the opposite is true, I can promise you. So if you're concerned about anything like that, call the professionals. Let them check you out. You know, you might have some symptoms for a couple of three days, but you're not going to have what you would have if you got the shingles. Because I'm telling you, this is something you don't want. Now, one problem with the shingles vaccine that I found is it can be expensive. Uh, I've not yet seen an insurance program that paid for it terribly well, had a Medicare patient to pay $200 for shingles for the vaccine. And, and he said to me, he said, you know, I got a feeling that if I got a bad case of shingles, I'd probably shell out $200 pretty quick to get rid of it. So I got the vaccine. And I think that's good logic. I really do. Uh, check with your insurance company, ask them about the vaccine, what it would cost you, make a decision based on your own circumstances. But it's almost impossible to imagine that you would regret getting this vaccine. It's a really, really effective vaccine. It's one and done. You get the two shots, you're done with that series, you're done for good. You're protected for life. You're not going to get a bad case of shingles. And I'm telling you, it is something you don't want. I've seen some absolutely horrible cases of this. And it's just not something you want to experience if you can avoid it. And John, that's what I got on the shingles vaccine. So a couple of questions, if I can. Um, and, and I have to say, I've had shingles you know, years before the vaccine. And I can attest that you do not want to get shingles. So <laughs> I had a terrible case of it and no, you cannot work while you're doing it. You can't, it, it's, it puts you down period. So you can't think of anything except the pain. That's exactly right. And, uh, mine was centered on my, um, right at the beginning of my scalp. So, you know, right on my head, which, you know, I could, there's some worse places you can get it. I've heard of people getting it in their eye. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> I easily, I'm, I'm with your guy that said it was worth $200 to avoid it. And I would have paid $200 or more to get rid of it when yeah. I had it. So, yeah. yeah, I couldn't agree with you more about, about, um, preventing that from happening. Um, so I guess the question is, a couple of timing questions. So what, you know, folks are here looking at a, trying to get a flu shot here before the end of October, looking at, um, a booster shot and a shingle shot. Uh, what, what, what are, should you separate these out, get them at the same time? Talk about that. Well, you need to separate some of them. Some, there's no question about that. And you know, there really are a lot of vaccines. I sit down with patients and I say, okay, You've had your COVID vaccine. You've had a flu shot. You've had a, a tetanus and whooping cough shot because that's more and more important because whooping cough's making a comeback. So you want to check on that. And then you need the shingles vaccine. And there are two pneumonia vaccines you might need. 
And so it, it is an important conversation. You can get, number one, you can get flu and COVID at the same time. And I might have said this on the previous podcast. I hope I did. But if Moderna is working on a combination vaccine for flu and COVID to mm. be given at the same time, if they call it Flovid, they owe me money. I'm just saying <laughs> I came up with it months ago. If they call it Flovid, they don't, they got to send me a check. But the flu shot really can be given with any of these because it just doesn't generate a lot of problems. Uh, it's very benign in this regard. So flu isn't a problem. When it comes to the COVID booster and something like Shingrix, I would give it um, a solid two weeks in between them. And if you get the COVID vaccine or the booster and you think, Jim, having some achiness and stuff, you want to wait till that clears up. You don't want to muddy those waters. You want to wait till that clears up and then get the, sh- the shingles vaccine. And probably if you do get something like that, you're going to wait more than two weeks. And I get it because you're going to be a little bit gun shot. But you still want to go ahead and get this because there's no amount of body aches and, and fatigue that's worth having shingles. So you don't want to let that keep you from doing it. But if you separate most of these by a couple of weeks, you'll you'll be okay. The flu shot is best given in October. Uh, the timing has always been that if you get it in October, it's it's early enough to protect you from shingles. I mean, from flu when it really becomes active and it's late enough so that at the end of the flu season, you're still protected. So the CDC says, and I, I'm happy to agree with them on some things, um, they say get it in October, and I think that's the best thing to do. If you're due for a COVID booster, I get the flu shot first because you want to go ahead and get it done, and then you can get your COVID booster a week or so later if they won't give it to you at the same time, but you can do them at the same time. Got it. Uh, we've got a question here about getting the booster and uh you say that the timing is for Pfizer and Moderna six months. Does this mean we're going to have to get a booster every six months from here on? Well, that's a great question. And I get it a lot. And the answer is we don't know yet because we are still learning about the COVID virus, the COVID-19 virus. Um, I think we are though. I think the answer to your question is probably going to be yes. I'm prognosticating here and that's probably not smart, but that's never stopped me before. Um, I think we're looking at getting them on some sort of schedule. Now, if we can get enough people vaccinated, then I think we will be okay and we'll be able to do it more like a flu shot. But right now, with so many people out there spreading high levels of virus, um, I think we're looking at a couple of times a year probably because we've proven, I personally have proven that you can get pretty darn sick with COVID even after the vaccine. I haven't had my booster because I had to wait because of medicines I got. But next week I'm getting my booster and um, I'll be glad to do it. But uh, it's uh, it's a, a sticky wicket, if you will. Got it. So um, <laughs> this must be somebody I know and you know that won't put their name on this. Okay. Um, it, the reference is to the low tolerance of pain that Peggy, Peggy, your wife has. Yeah. And this wise person, there's another term for it says, uh, John, both Jim's wife and your wife must have a high tolerance of pain to be married to both of you. Well, that's a high tolerance of tolerance. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That's just have a high tolerance in general. Um, but I'm sure I cause enough pain to, uh, 
to have that statement be accurate, but uh, I'm gonna I don't ch- know about Monica. I think I think Monica must be a saint. That's the only thing I can say about Monica. Uh, there's no question about that. And I'm uh, whoever you are. I'm checking the IP address this email came from so <laughs> to see who. I know you are. Yeah, I know you are. Yep. Before we go, and I hope people are still listening. Before we go, I want to talk about the charity that Peggy and I started nine years ago when she came to Georgia. Uh, this is all her idea and it's been unbelievably wonderful. We have a charity that provides uh, money to the school district so that they can provide uh, technology and devices. That's internet at home and devices for children that don't have it. There's a large number of families in Forsyth County. There was when we started that didn't have it. And now every student in the County that needs it can get it because of the money that we've raised. And we're very, very proud of that, but we're at, we're at the end of our fundraising cycle for 2021. We are currently in the very beginning of an online auction, we've not done this before, but there's an online auction that's filled with a lot of great memorabilia and other home items and a lot of really good items, trips and so forth. And if you're interested in this auction and maybe getting a good deal on something and helping out some kids here in Forsyth County, you can go to the website givergy.us slash B-Y-O-T. Givergy is just like it sounds, G-I-V-E-R-G-Y dot U-S slash and the four letters B-Y-O-T. And B-Y-O-T is the program in the county schools that bring your own technology where they encourage kids to bring technology to school. They teach them how to use it responsibly. And it's been a wonderful thing. It's internationally recognized and it, it does a wonderful job for these kids. So our, our uh, charity is the Forsyth BYOT benefit. And uh, so that website is givergy.us slash BYOT. And the last thing I want to mention is it's wrapping up the voting for the best of Forsyth. Uh, I would ask that if you feel like Mara Family Medicine, now Village Medical, is the best family practice in the county or in the area, I would love for you to go to the South County News and find the link. <clears throat> you can find it on our webpage. You can find it on our Facebook page also, but it's on the South County News page. Find that link and vote for us <clears throat> if you think that's appropriate for best family practice. Uh, we've won that award every year it's been given. Uh, and I'd really like for people to continue to believe in us that way. Um, if you want to do that, vote for us for best of Scythe. I'd appreciate it. Absolutely. And John, I think that's what I got. And I have no idea what we're going to talk about next time, but I will tell you this, we're going to talk about something, (laughs) something that I hope and I believe will be pertinent to you and your concerns about your health and your status and, and your age group and so forth and so on. We'll find something good to talk about. So for now that's to your health.